Welcome back to Kafaro Cast, everybody. <laughs> We've got Aaron across from me with a little South Park banter, but we got two special guests today. We got Trevin. I don't know how to say your last name. You got to say it fast. Stolfusson. Stolfus. Oh, okay. I thought there was a sin on the end. No. That's because I say Stolfusson. <laughs> Sorry, man. Okay. <laughs> he just looks I had an like, in the end. It's pretty cool. I thought we were friends. <laughs> yeah. So we got Lane, Lane Walter on the left of me here, so... Two very special guests. We're going to talk all kinds of, I'm sure. What kind of special? Uh, is, is it the special special? special? <laughs> <laughs> like we're your special friend? <laughs> <laughs> don't make this gay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's like, don't make me be honest. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh, so what's going on, guys? You guys just got back from the uh, from the ATA show, and then you guys also had a pretty full season of hunting. Did you have bedazzled jeans on there? No. Is we, that a requirement? We don't. We we actually make fun of people with bedazzled jeans. I, my favorite comment is, "Hey, are those your wife's jeans?" <laughs> <laughs> I say that to a lot of people, but uh, yeah, it's uh, we got back. We did have an, a good year, and it, we had an interesting year. Yeah, so, you know, sometimes things just go well and this and that, and then sometimes some interesting things happen. And so, uh, you know, um, we've pretty much deemed Lane as the mountain goat freaking king the guru. just because he's been he, he's been involved in so many not that he has he's only drawn one but how many you've been on four different five mountain, five different mountain five goat year, hunts yeah. yeah filmed yeah this uh, year yeah not this year not this, oh, year. Okay. this year i did two okay but before one, that i helped my father-in-law one, one my mom, mom and uh-huh. my wife and i guess at the ata show they had the badlands film festival and i had a mountain goat hunting there and I guess some guy was bitching in the stands about, I live in Colorado and I've never drawn a goddamn mountain goat tag and this guy's killed four. <laughs> yeah, well, and you haven't yourself killed four, but, no. but, it, and but, then, and then the guy that was telling us his story says, yeah, I think that they ought to call that, you know, that mountain, not that he's done it all in the same even unit, but, uh, you know, Walter, Walter <laughs> Mountain, because he's, yeah. Basically, if you're related to Lane, you're going to get a goat tag. Yeah, we, we, we've had, people on um you know talking about the preference point system yeah. um yeah. which it's not really a preference point system here i'm not exactly sure what you'd call it here because it's I've, if some it's some kind of witchcraft i think but um how many points did you draw when you had i had 11 on mine and how um, many did your wife have my wife had 10 my mom had six and my father-in-law had like five. So three and then three weighted, is that? So yeah, when I'm saying 11, I'm thinking of the three weighted included. and then. Okay. Yeah, well, I, thank you for math. I drew <laughs> I drew mine when I had seven. Yeah. So three and four. So it's anybody's game. I like when As I drew my seems. sheep, I had three and three. So which for is a bighorn sheep, which crazy. is awesome. We had a guy last year put in for a unit he should have drawn with 13 and 3 and didn't draw it, and I found out a guy drew it with 3 and 3. And I was like, well, wait well, a minute. That Tanner, another field producer, <laughs> yeah. he drew it with 3 and 1. Yeah. And he drew that unit that only has the one archery tag. Yeah. I, I don't I don't remember which unit he was in, and he killed a he killed a ram, but yeah. Yeah, that's weird. It's weird, but the – um. I don't, I tried to put in for a, a nanny only last year because I've already shot Billy's before and I was like, well, it'll be right. just cool to go, right? Yeah, I didn't didn't draw. Pretty much thought I was guaranteed to draw, and then they changed the system, which I don't know how much that affected it, but I didn't draw it. And probably this year, if I put in for it, we will draw it because we're going on a goat hunt in Alaska, so I'll probably draw it and have to turn the fuck tag back in. Right. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I think for us this year. Um, I had some interesting things happen with uh, 
probably the premier mule deer unit in the nation. Um, if you talk to the big mule deer, mule deer gurus, it's it's fourth rifle unit forty four. Yeah, we had Drummond on. He was making fun of you, actually. Uh, oh my goodness! <laughs> remember? I was here for that. What did that son of a gun say? I can't remember something about. You let a deer walk that was 190-something, and he was going to slap the shit out of you. I think it's what the general wait, gist wait, of the wait. conversation is. Okay, so I, in self-defense <laughs> of myself, you guys know me. I've glued myself to myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes I like to talk about myself to myself. Um, so in a situation like this, I did not draw the tag. Yeah. And then I get a phone call. I was literally on our way back from Nebraska Mule Deer, so that was what? October 22nd or something like that, you know, later in October, coming back from that, that Southwest Nebraska mule deer hunt we did. And I get a phone call and it's from the call DOW. I mean, C, what are they? CPW? I now? don't know. Whatever. Yeah. yeah I got you. <laughs> um, and they said, Hey, somebody turned a tag back in. You're oh, next damn. on the list. Well, we have uh, a couple of whitetail properties we work with. Uh, one in Missouri, one in Kansas. And so, you know, it's there's a two-week period during the rut where we hunt whitetail, right? So I'm like, well, I'm going to have to cut Kansas short. But for this tag, I, I mean, I if I turn it down, it's not guaranteed I'll eat, draw it next year even. I mean, that's how crazy that's the 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 uh there's people that are sleepers that still come in now with mule deer and elk you can pretty much guarantee you're going to get a tag if you as you watch that i mean if you're up there you, you're going to be in the running so i said i got to take it so then the first person i called was drummond and um and then uh tanner who is one of our field producers uh is uh, just a mule deer nut so we said let's do it let's we'll cut that that hunt short and go and um the difference is uh for those people that know me i'm not a um i'm not a trophy hunter i'm a equal opportunity archer um you know and and for me it's all about the adventure um so this was different and tanner said we'll do it if you commit that you're going to shoot <laughs> uh, you know yeah. something a, a buck of a lifetime and i said okay i'm in and uh i don't rifle hunt um that much matter of fact i don't hardly rifle hunt at all nothing against it i just uh with the show and stuff we're primarily a bow hunting show so um i borrowed lane's rifle he had gotten a a really nice uh um it's a six five six five creedmoor uh christensen arms i believe and um my my daughter had killed her first deer with it which was amazing. I mean, just just that in and of itself. And we go, you know, we go to Missouri. I kill a buck. We go to Kansas, and and in Kansas, it's not a big property, but you know, you're trying to shoot mature deer. You know, yeah. that's how many what, how many acres is it? Oh, total, probably six. No, maybe eight hundred. Uh-huh. But but. 80% of it, 85% of it is pasture. Yeah. Okay. So, so I don't hold a lot of deer, but what happens in the summer months, the bucks summer on me. Mm-hmm. So I get to see all the, these big bucks grow up. Right. And of course then you sit and dream about them and then they leave. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much what it is. But, but they still use the, I mean, it's a really good travel route and uh so anyway we we go there and we sit and we end up the first day 
a buck that I had called Spartacus and I had on trail camera for three years. Um, and I knew he was at least five and a half, maybe six and a half. Um, he's one of the two bucks that I wanted to shoot. Some buck walked right by me first day. And I, I could only hunt two days cause we were going to come back to unit 44 and, um, you know, and easy, uh, simple, well, it should have been, uh, I mean, I, luckily it, I was able to gather myself together. I do not do very good when I see things coming cause I get myself jacked up. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes better if it just happens and I just go with the reaction, but I was able to calm myself down, made a good shot and, and, you know, he didn't go 60 yards. Um, but he literally just walked right by me. How big was he? Uh, I put a tape on him. He was 147. How big was Spartacus? That's Spartacus. Oh, okay. That you did Spart- get him. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But the crazy thing about this, and you guys, I mean, I know you're hunting Oklahoma and now Alabama, some of that. These deer, that four to six-year-old deer, a lot of times, man, they're, it's hard. They just don't move unless it's a rut. They don't just don't move it in daylight hours. I had never had a daylight picture of this buck. Yeah. But the night before... We had pulled trail, trail cameras, and he had been moving really close to daylight. Like, you know, well, it was just about dark, and we were set up in between, and he just walked out. So a little bit of, of preparation, a little bit of luck joined there. But it, that got us back to Colorado. Yeah, let's lead up to the letting the 190 walk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Drummond telling this story, I could not, I'm like trying not to laugh because I'm like, well, Drummond, in full defense for, well, for example, your goat, uh, I think I got the age right on your goat. I was off an inch, probably. Yeah, an inch. And we talked about that when we got How about you lean up on that microphone? Sorry. So I can hear you. (laughs) Well, I was talking to, when you look at nothing but big goats, you're probably going to be good at judging big goats. Sure. And not so good at judging Colorado goats. And I'm like, Drummond, you look at big mule deer every day. Right. And I'm like, not all of us get to look at big mule deer every day. Remember that buck Omni showed us that he shot? They were arguing over. They were arguing over if someone should shoot it because if it was big enough. What was that buck, 202? The one he killed? Last year? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that buck before he killed it. Yeah, yeah. And so that buck was 202, and they were arguing over if. If he should kill it. And so finally the other two guys didn't want to. He goes, if you guys don't go kill it, I'm going to go kill that buck. And ended up scoring. Well, I think it was gross 198 and change, 202. So if you're not looking at him every day, I mean, I still thought it was a funny story. But anyway, go ahead. So <laughs> so we get there, and um, Tanner had gone up early and was glassing and had picked up some pretty decent deer. But um, for those of you who don't know Unit 44, um, it's uh, it's a great unit, but it's also weather-dependent. And we had gotten that early snow this last year, which helped. But third rifle, you're, you're almost scared because you're thinking third rifle, that snow comes in, those big bucks move down early, they're going to shoot all the, well, they hadn't. I think they, I think we, you know, and Drummond's pretty plugged into all the big mule deer. I mean, if a big mule deer gets shot, most likely he's going to get a text, right? So they hadn't really killed anything big. And um, Tanner had picked up a few. And the first morning, I remember it's, we we're glassing bucks. And I'm, I want to shoot the first one I see. And Tanner's like, dude, that's a 180-inch buck. And I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> so we're going to try and hold out for a 200. Now, let me preface this. If you're in a unit and a 200-inch deer doesn't exist in that unit, 
you can hold out all you want. Yeah. Right? So, so, but we're in probably the premier um, mule deer unit during the premier. 18, 19, 20 points I to had, draw it. I had, eight, I, I had 18. And didn't. You and got, didn't. Okay. And got it kind of because it got turned back in. Um, so I, that's why I jumped on it. And so I'm committed because I, I told Tanner I would, I would be committed to go, uh, you know, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to hold out. So the first buck we see is probably 180 inch four by four, got some good mass. And then the second buck we saw was a real wide buck. Um, but he wasn't, we didn't think he'd score over 180. Um, again, I'm pretty much okay to take all these deer but it is the first day right so we're looking we're looking and then that evening we see this deer and uh, is the first time i actually thought well what do you guys think should we shoot this deer and 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 tanner said well what do you think and i said nah i'm not nah so let me explain this deer he imagine a 140 inch frame deer with 23 scorable points yeah Okay, so the deer's going to score, and we did the math and, you know, took our shoes off and, you know, added everything up six ways a Sunday, and we came up to about uh, anywhere from 192 to like 194, no, 95. Um, no, maybe it was even, maybe it was low, maybe it was under one, just under 190, I think, with that buck. But he did, it wasn't impressive. He, I mean, he looked like he's a big old bodied sucker, but he had a 140 inch frame. Yeah. I would have rather, and this is what I told Tanner at the time. Um, no, Drummond's not there yet. So let, I'm going to introduce <laughs> him in a second. His story has not swayed from what you're saying so far. There. So in this situation, there was no wow factor. I wanted that big four that we saw that would be 180, 185, because at least he had a wow factor. Big frame, big bases, right? Um, not the, you know, best, best, uh, uh, you know, front beams. But anyway, so, but again, day one, right? So we leave day one, man, we are hopped up. Drummond's coming up the next day. So he gets up there, meets us. We're glass and we're seeing some more deer, this and that. We go around to this other edge, and we sit down there, and and I am not kidding you. These guys from Utah, which they ended up being pretty good guys, but we're sitting there glassing these deer, and we're you know leaning against the truck. We're glassing them four, five, six hundred yards away, um, and in this unit, you get away with a little bit more uh, vehicle activity because we're right above Eagle or Gypsum. You know, the town of Gibson. So they, and there's a lot of people in there, recreation, stuff like this. And it's right on the edge of a some private property. And these guys pull up and don't really pause. And they pull down in right, right where we're glassing and drive right by us. And we're like, oh, great, Utah guys, right? You know, making jokes. And they stop probably about 100 yards away. And they're looking really hard to the right. Well, we can't see that. There's a, there's just a little ridge that comes down. We can't see that. There's a buck bedded there, come to find out. And um, it's the buck that we call Beamer, that Drummond nicknamed Beamer. And um, so they, they end up moving off because they actually thought we saw that deer and we were waiting on that deer to get up. Um, when things happen in the field and you could go back, we could always go back and change things. But when they happen, they happen. I had my bow, okay? If in the rut, as you know, is in that situation, that's the best chance to kill a 
huge deer in the rut. Because mm-hmm. if you can get around and not spook the does, the bucks are never going to look at you. I mean, I've killed multiple mule deer during the rut where I took a decoy and literally walked up to them and stuck it in the ground and, you know, a Montana decoy and, and then went around the, came to full draw and came around the end. So I'm thinking if I have a chance and I can get, you know, within that 60 yard range, I'm going to try, I'd like to kill a 180 inch deer with my bow versus killing a, 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 you know, a larger one with a rifle just because I, I just love bow hunting and it's a lot of fun, that close proximity. So we're sitting there and it's a you know, deer moving this and that, and it's getting about 3.30 or so. And uh, Mike Steven, who was running camera with us along with Tanner, had gotten out in front and he was actually filming back and Tanner and I were having a conversation about judging or something. I'm, you know, we were just talking and he was filming that and getting some B-roll. And I look over his head and this ant- these set of antlers come out. Now, out from behind this cedar, 50 yards away, walking towards us. And I look up and I say, what do you think about that? And I, we got video of it. I mean, the cameras are rolling. I'm talking, talking, and all of a sudden I go, what do you think about that deer? Looking straight on, he doesn't look that impressive. I mean, he's a good deer. But then you turn sideways, and he's got these, his, his main beam curves up. And that, thus the nickname, Drummond Game was Beamer. And he's walking right towards us. Well, my bow's in the back of the truck. Your rifle's in the front of the truck. And we're sitting there with our, you know, 15s and a tripod, you know, glassing. And Tanner goes, get your bow. So I stand up and walk around the back of the truck. The buck is just walking, looking at us. I mean, this is a mature deer. Look, so if Tanner says, hey, you know, get your bow, it's a good deer. He knows how to judge mule deer pretty good. Okay, so I'm like, that's fine. That's all I need. I'm killing it. So I grab my what? When your adrenaline spikes, you know how hard it is to work a zipper. <laughs> it's, it's menial tasks aren't as easy. So put, zipper, um, I I couldn't get my quiver out. I just finally just grabbed an arrow. Then I couldn't get my release on because it's a buckle. Mm-hmm. I dropped it three times. We're walking around. They're still kind of just walking. So by the time we get up and we step out around, the buck is 50 yards and he's walking towards the private property fence, which at this point is 25 yards in front of him. And I come to full draw and all I hear is Tanner says, if you shoot him, he's going to jump that fence. Even if I would have, unless I'd spined him, right? If I shoot him. Shit shit running down both legs, you probably would have. Well, I'm just kidding. Very, very possible. Very possible. But the fact of the matter is I had a brief moment to make a choice of saying, and we knew this property is not one that you're going to get permission to go recover a deer even if you can see it. We knew that from the get-go. Numerous people who knew that unit had told us, be really careful about shooting a deer on this border because they will not let you recover it. So I'm at full draw looking at a deer now side profile that's pushing 200, 20. I, I think we, we waffled back between 2, 205 right in there, right? Biggest deer I'll probably ever uh, have a, be at full draw on maybe. And um, I let down. I just, I, I, second day, mind you, so that probably came into it. But now if I had dr- grabbed the rifle, high shoulder shot, he wouldn't have taken another step. 
hindsight's twenty twenty. I have a. I mean, I was not against shooting one with a rifle. I wanted to kill a buck that was two. You know, I, I, that magic two hundred number, whatever, give or take. Um, and this was definitely deer I wanted to take. But the first thing was grab your bow. And of course, for me, I'm like, yeah. And he was within bow range. So I don't know if that's the one that Drummond said that I screwed up on, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah. So yeah. so that's how it happened. So yeah. then he's like, "Do you know what you did? Yeah. You know how big that deer was? Yeah." And oh, then he talks no shit about bow hunters for a minute. Right. right. <laughs> and, and so so uh, rightfully so, um, but in that situation, I would do it again. Yeah. Well, no, it makes or, sense uh, to jump or, or I probably would grab the rifle. Yeah. Right. I would have just grabbed the rifle and dropped him. So, uh, I mean, I wasn't disappointed. Yeah. If if that makes sense. What'd you end up shooting? Because you're dragging this story Nothing. on. Nothing. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And here's why. So, if I was the little devil behind you with that, I would have been, which I'll get blowback on this. Shoot it! I'll jump the fence tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, shoot it, shoot it. But it's it's hard in the position. Well, rewind, you don't have Outback Outdoors. You're a normal guy. And being realistic, which I'm being way more honest than I should be, jumping that fence is small. It is breaking the law, right? It's breaking the law. But you've got an animal down. You know it's going to die. You know it's going to go to waste. Jumping that fence is not a big deal and pulling it back over for the greater good of leaving the deer, right, and letting it waste. And I even asked... Why couldn't, if, let's say the deer went down, which I think if I'd have shot him, I probably could have seen him because there was still, it was open enough on the other side of the fence. I could have seen him go down, which would have been really hard on me. But if I'd have got a game warden, my thought was, why can't I get the game warden then to cite them for wanton waste of game? They won't. They won't. I know. I know. So so, we went over this a few times. (laughs) So, so, so for me, I knew these things going in. So that's why I made that call. I felt like, you know, and again, second day. Well, let's talk about this. How do you feel about that law? So if it dies three feet on one side of the fence and it's legal and you leave it, you get a ticket. Jumps three feet on the other side of the fence and you leave it, you're legal. How fucked up is that? It's It comes down to the letter <laughs> of the law and the intent of the law. And the problem is too many guys are going to look at the intent of the law. Or not enough guys are going to look at the intent of the law and they're going to look at the letter of the law and say, well tough well and 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 for me i have to go back i'm a huge private land rights guy i'm my i tend to be a very conservative and i tend to believe if you own the land you can do what you want with it right okay so but if i set that aside i also have a high respect and value on life especially those animals that we love uh, it's, you know, we say we love them and then we go kill them but but we, we understand i mean th- my passion is hunting and I love that. And I love that. And it falls into the conservation. That's it for another day. But um, it, in my opinion, I think it should, there should be something where there is a understanding that when it's proven the animal was shot on public land, the if I own that land and and you showed me that you shot that on public land, maybe video or even blood trail, okay, okay I can see where... I would let anybody come on. To well, tra- no, I would help them even. I would even help them trail it. But I that's mean, you. I, yeah, right. I, I get the the guys can fake it and I shot right. whatever. Like I understand that, but if you, in my opinion, if you call a game warden, the game warden comes and he give yep gives you the blessing. You didn't cheat the system here. You shot it on public and it jumped. 
I feel it's under the game warden's discretion. He should be able to trump the landowner. Obviously, he's got to tell the landowner, and I am with these guys. Yeah. I'm going with them. Um, and, but and, and again, I don't own any private land, so fuck mind about talk about it. Maybe if I did, it'd be different. But if I, I did and I was like you, I'd be like, oh, yeah, let me go grab the four-wheeler. I'll give right, you a hint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if the game warden can come, give his blessing, go, I don't think you should be able to let that. I think it should be a ticket to the landowner or to the guy that owns the land. Now, I'm going to get hate mail over that because I don't own land. This is my opinion, not owning land. Right. But if the game warden approves it and he's with you, it's an in and out thing. I Yeah, I, and, and I, I... Now, this is if you can see it die. Right, you know? right. And I see that. I see that as, as valid. What happens is now we're opening a door for a government agency to all of a sudden be able to uh, access your property, whether or not you have permission. And and again, that's what stumps me. That's where I get into this quagmire. So should okay. your career be taken away if you jumped the fence and grabbed the deer and got a ticket? Because it'd be taken away. Oh, yeah. But for any normal human with, I mean, in my opinion, if I looked at that, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> deer died. I wouldn't want it to waste. Um I wouldn't look down on you for it. I would actually, you'd get a gold star in my book that you didn't let it waste. But it's a weird situation when you start talking about the private land thing and, and deer dying on, or elk or whatever, dying on that. And I've never land. had, I, I've never had that happen before. Yeah. And I've never been in this exact situation. So the call I made, I think was the right call for me and what I have to live with as my, you know, again, this wasn't the fifth day. This yeah. was the second day. Yeah. So there's probably some of that had to play. And we actually got. Look, look get, at it now. What'd you come home with? Well, no, no, that's a different story. <laughs> Understand that I could have shot a very, very nice deer. Yeah. The first day. Right. Okay. So then we had, uh, uh, taking the, fur- the story on further, later that night, we find that basket rack, you know, whatever, which a game warden, one, a game warden had actually gotten attacked. So there was game wardens in there like crazy because they were scouting for their buddy. He ended up shooting that deer. And I heard mixed stories that it went 194. I heard it went 188. I don't know. It's, you know, it's You're a, talking about the four by the, four with stickers no, with trash. I'm talking, yeah, yeah, that that 140 inch frame yeah. was stacked. And then the Utah guys ended up shooting the big four that I had seen the first morning. Yeah. And he probably went 188, yeah. 190. So then we keep going. We find another deer. We turn up beamers again. So the other deer we had, we called flyers because he was really cool. He'd probably be uh, mid-190s, but he had these two flyers kicking off. And it was just a cool-looking deer, definitely the wow factor. And the crazy thing about him is we picked him up, and then when we moved into a position to get into rifle range, even just rifle range, um, those friggin' deer went and bedded 20 yards on the other side of the fence. <laughs> yeah. So we even spent some time away. I'm like, let's get away from this dang fence. And um, we just didn't find anything that was wow. So we kept coming back to this area where we knew these two deer were in. And we sat on both those deer for two days. um, And all we needed was the doe they were with to cross the fence. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even the last morning, they had crossed the fence and I worked up and over and they were a hundred yards from the fence and I worked up and over a ridge. By the time I got up there, a doe had decided she was going over and we popped over. I got the rifle set up. I was going to shoot him 170 yards and he was right by the fence. And by the, t- I'm again, I'm, I'm not claiming, I, I don't go even go to the range and, and, and shoot steel or whatever, you know, practice. I don't. 
I do that with my bow a lot. So it takes me a little bit longer to get everything ready. And I don't want to pull the trigger unless everything's ready. And by the time I got set up, he jumped the fence. Yeah. So we sat on him the rest of the day, or at least the rest of that. So let me bring it back to Drummond. Drummond was great. He really helped. But he did call me an idiot. Or yeah, maybe, he told me that. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe another term. <laughs> but it, all in fun, all in, all in good camaraderie. Um, and I, I don't hang my hat. I, I had a great hunt. It's going to make a good show. Yeah. And here's why it will make a good TV show is at the end of the day, I could have killed 160, 170-inch deer. Yeah. Great deer for any other unit. But I just was like, no, I'm not just going to. And and mind you, I had had a really good season. I'd probably killed three other bucks. So you ever watch the tactical movies where they're doing everything wrong? They come to the door and the, right, the gun's yeah. pointed up and you're yelling at it or right. – you know, you're counting rounds and they fire like 30 extra yeah, rounds. Right. That'll yeah. be me with your show going, shoot that fucking deer. <laughs> but <laughs> right, but right. then again, the jump on the fence thing, dude, it, the way things are going now, like they'd take your career. I mean, oh, you know what I mean? It would yeah, destroy your career. Yeah. And, and we can't, we, we can't just ab- abide by the law. When we're filming our stuff, we have to even take a step back and make sure we're not. Frank, we're, we're never going to be on TV. Nah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with. I don't. And it, it, it's not about TV. It's just about uh, uh, the the world is a small place now. Yeah. Social media and and YouTube and uh, you know uh, Amazon Prime and then you go into actually network television. Um, there's just so many things that. Uh, you do what we would do, and you show it, and yeah, it, it, it could it could have been a bad deal. So so I have to be really careful there. I had a great hunt, guys. I, I'll be honest. And when I decided not to shoot, and that last afternoon I could have shot a buck. And didn't you have like a poll on Instagram, like should I shoot this buck? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I voted yes, yes every time. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I tried to get on other people's Instagram. And <laughs> right. <go> yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, mind you, I have t- these two mule deer gurus whispering in my ear, Drummond and Tanner, and really the only two deer. And I was leaning on them heavy because I wanted to shoot the first deer I saw. Yeah. But I was leaning on them heavy. This tag took me 18 years. I wanted to, I wanted, number one, I didn't want it to be over, to be honest. It's one of the only hunts that I can honestly say, because I'm usually the guy that shoots first day, shoots a 130-inch buck, and I am ecstatic because I got it on film, right? Because for me, it's not about the inches of antler. It's always been about the adventure for me. Um, And, but I didn't need just another dead deer. Yeah. My freezer was full. I have a stack of skull caps this high, Ask Lane, sitting out in front of the office. I just didn't need another, just another deer. I wanted the deer of a lifetime. And I saw him. I had opportunities. And maybe you could play like that last chance with flyers that I didn't get that shot off in experience with a, with a rifle, whatever. But uh, I'd like to know what else Drummond said. That was it, pretty much. They should have shot that deer. <laughs> oh, um, no doubt but, about and it. And I should have grabbed the rifle instead of the bow. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm a bow guy. Yeah. So as he's making fun of, well, even Bart, right? Like, well, we'll cover that in a minute, the whole, because Tanner makes fun of bow hunters all the time, and then bow hunters get all butthurt. And I'm like, look, I can't argue with Tanner. I've guided bow hunters. It fucking blows. I mean, it just does. But the total validity and i agree with you on you just don't need another deer and people have messaged me about how much we shoot like 
don't you guys shoot too much? I'm like, well, we eat four or 500 pounds right, a, right. a year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we shoot that bison, we might, might be pushing it a little right. bit. But we, between like the mailman, we give, well, male lady, we give her and the people here or whatever. And they're like, well, that's still taking it overboard. And I'm like, look, if they're going to go buy cow and I can give them deer, I don't think that's overboard. But to, in a trophy unit to shoot a, a deer that will probably be a trophy at some point, I totally get it. My whole thing I get wrapped up on is the fence line thing. It sucks, right? You, right. It's 50 yards from the fence, so there should be like that imaginary perimeter around the fence too because even though you're on public, you might as well be on private because, as you know, the deer's escape route is going to be right. straight to straight to And the that's sanctuary. how he was walking because this, this, this fence made a, a corner and we were sitting, you know, 30 yards off at whatever, not thinking we were hunting, we were glassing to set up the opportunity to go move in and, to, and get a shot, right? Yeah. And the deer, when have you ever had a pickup? You're leaning against the tire, you got your tripod up over you, you're nice and relaxed <laughs> and you're glassing and looked up and there's a frigging big deer walking right towards you. Yeah, Alberta. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but it, it's, it's not something that happens every day. Not that big of a deer. Right. No. Yeah. So <clears throat> it caught us by surprise. I, I have done this. I have replayed this. I've dreamt about this over and over. Why didn't I have my bow sitting right beside me? Why didn't I grab the rifle? You know, all this. And you know what? That's all part of it. And I'm okay. I'm okay with it. When the show comes out, I think people will do exactly what you said, Aaron. Shoot him. Shoot yeah, him. Shoot. Yeah. But, but the reason I didn't, I think I explain it pretty well, is look, if I would have shot that deer, if I would have made a heart shot on that deer, he would have taken two bounds, jumped that fence, and died right there. Yeah. No, no, for, for sure. Well, And then what do you do? Lane's, you might have a different perspective. Lane's not a cop, by the way, uh, but you're a fireman. But yeah, you work uh, in the... Can, I, can we talk about yeah, that? Yeah, no, we can talk about it. Yeah, I was in the arson unit for over two years, so I did go through Denver's Police Academy. and so You may have a different was, outlook. Well, I'm, I have a little I, bit I'm of, an ex-cop. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, and my wife is a cop. That's why I didn't so. like you at first. No, I'm just fucking her. Um, so <laughs> what, what do you uh, mean at first? Yeah, no kidding. It's getting better. Um, what do you think on the fence line deal? Part of it is Colorado has some of the worst trespass laws in the country when it comes to hunting or fishing. Um, we don't have river access. Um, there's so much you can get into it on it, and I believe that law is set up the intent of that law is to keep people from trespassing, and it's to make it so that if somebody does trespass, it's just a little bit easier to convict them. Yeah. The problem is, yet yeah, you can watch a deer die on the other side of the fence, and that game warden has zero authority to go over and get it. If the landowner says, no, I don't want you on my property, I want to watch that thing rot, Yeah. you have to do it, and I believe that's wrong. I think that they should do something about it to where yeah. if you see that animal die or you have a – a good enough blood trail that you know that animal's dying in the next 50 yards, they should be able to come in and get it. And the problem is that we give, I and I, I mean, if I was a landowner, I I, I own two acres, not to brag. <laughs> it's, it's pretty big. He's a rancher. But, He's a rancher. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, they should be able to. I I get not wanting to be allow the government to come in and set it up to where they can go in 200 yards then. Set, yeah. a, set a limit on it to, but, or if you see the animal dead, they can come get it, but do something. And I, I totally, I guess I totally get you with the government and everybody hates the man. Everybody thinks the man is out to get him and they don't want the man on the property, but damn it, let me go get my meat. Your dog gets hit by a car and it comes on my property. You're saying I shouldn't let you be able to get it because it's my land. Right. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. But you did kind of say that because I'm, it's my land. Right. I, I think there's a fine line. And, and I, I agree with that. <laughs> there's a fine line in, in that. 
in a situation where it has it was, to be some common sense. Right, where you and I were the landowner. Yeah. You come to me, knock on my door, and say, "Well, here's an example. Uh, across from where I live in Windsor, there is open farmland, and the guys come and lease it up for for goose. Yeah. Right. They shoot a goose, and he gets enough momentum, gets across the little road in front of my house, and and ends up dropping in my in my because I have a eight acres. Yeah. And he's dead there. Right. Well, do I let them on? Shoot, yeah. Matter of fact, there's been a couple times I've been outside working in the barn or something, looked out there, and this friggin' goose dive bombs out of the air because, again, I can hear him boom, 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 and then he just gets enough momentum, but then he dies. I pick it up and go take it to them. Yeah. But that's different. I would let them do that, but this was this place is, it's not a ranch, but they call it a ranch. What it is is it's a area where very wealthy people buy this X amount of acreage, and they're part of this whole community, right? Right. Tend tend to be on the liberal side. Tend to lean a little bit left. Okay, not lean. Probably are way left. And the person that runs it has made it very clear over seasons. If you talk to Drummond, you talk to these guys that have hunted that area. They're like, dude, there's not even a chance. Yeah, you can try. You think it's because he's liberal, or he's had bad experiences with other hunters? You know, maybe 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 you're right. Maybe both. both. And I don't. Again, I'm not trying to trash anybody the way they feel. It takes all kinds to make it. But the thing is, you're faced with what's morally right Mm -hmm. or what's legally wrong, right? And so, I mean, I've said it before. I mean, I'll give me a ticket, or I'll jump fence in the middle of the night and go get it. Hear no evil, see no evil. If I saw the deer die, for me, it's more important for me to not have the meat waste I and risk the ticket. Mm-hmm. Now, again, social media is you could only do that with special friends, right? You right. can't, whatever. But to me, if I've got a choice, if if Frank shoots a deer too and it runs two hundred yards on land, we don't have permission on. Now, you, now nobody can give me a ticket because I haven't done it. But more than most likely, we're just not going to talk about that. I'm going to go grab it and. We're good. I'm not, you know, I don't get, because I don't want to see the deer, but I'm at risk of, I can get a ticket, you know, and I can't really say a fucking whole hell of a lot if I do get a ticket, because I know what's wrong the moment I, I jump the fence. Now, take like Alex. Alex is so paranoid, the big ginger, he won't do anything. I mean, he's got too much to risk, right? right? So he won't do anything remotely close. When I shot my antelope with him the first year, it got like 100 yards, because I had to shoot it again. It got 100 yards from that fence line. He's like, fuck. Fuck! And I'm like, what? And he goes, it, 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 we can't, we can't go. It gets on. We got to We run, run. We we got to scare it back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, we're out in the middle of eastern Colorado. Nobody's out here. Nobody gives a <laughs> shit. And I was like, dude, there isn't a house for ten miles. And he was like, we got to scare it back. And so we we did, and we scared it back. And I, he was like, that's what is it? Inglewood. The city of Inglewood owns it, and they dump Lakewood. Lakewood. Yep, and they dump their a, sewage. A sewage on that land and it's for fertilizer i guess and and but you can't get permission i don't think the game wardens get permission and i guess kind of like the same land you're talking about it's not even you, you don't not, even try yeah, right? right it's not even worth it or whatever and, but you know me being the redneck i am I'm like we're in the fucking middle of nowhere right, right who gives right. a shit and well it, it yeah so, yeah well it takes your career away has it always been like this thinking back like when I was like a kid taking hunter safety they I almost want to say that they said if an animal dies on private land call the game warden you can go get it with them has that always been that way see I just remember as a kid in New Mexico um, it 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 was definitely 
you know, the game wardens would definitely do the let's let's go get it. And the game warden would be able to go and say, hey, we're coming onto your land. We're going to get it. But most of the landowners that I remember were OK with that. Probably because, hunters. Yeah. They, 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 they didn't want an animal to suffer or anything like that either. So, yeah. Well, in Logan's defense, and he's he's a, a game warden in eastern Colorado, and he and I have given each other shit over this. I said I should have been able to go get this deer I shot. He said he would have done everything in his power to get it, which I would have ended up in a no, but he would have given me a ticket if I jumped the fence. Now, this is the the version I remember. I think his version of his memory is a little bit different. And I said, that's fucked up and wrong. I just, I thought I should be able to jump that fence. It wasn't a big deal. Logan's a super cool dude. But what it was is it went on that Lakewood property. Right. And he, he did say, I would do everything in my power to get that. Uh, but if it's out of his power, it's a moot point anyway. Right. And he did make it clear. I will give you a ticket if you jump that fence. Right. I'm glad you didn't. And I'm thinking, oh, you wouldn't have fucking known anyway. So it's right. a moot point there. <laughs> but right. it was irritating to me that hit the deer, the deer ran over there, deer died. You know, I don't know that the deer died, but I'm quite certain the deer died. I couldn't get the deer because of a boundary. Two feet on one side, it's wanton waste, and you're a piece of shit and a criminal. Two feet on the other side, you're a trespasser. Same outcome, right? I mean, the same right. same thing. So right. it's kind of weird, but yeah. Well, we've beat that dead horse. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, he just he just doesn't want us to talk about him passing on those deer. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I saw you. It's like uh, you, you pulled a Santino. You pulled a car salesman. No, I'm just kidding, Santino. Don't get mad at me. You um, you, uh, well, you're deviating. Here's my here's my it's called deflection. <laughs> deflection. Um, yeah. For for me, I made that choice, and I stand behind that choice. It, oh, you made the right choice. Your yeah, career is for, right. Yeah. So, so now I'm not to say there would be other circumstances had I just been Trevin by himself, never having done. Would I have done differently? Probably. Maybe I wouldn't even had a bow in my hand because I wouldn't. You know what I mean? I, it, it was a rifle hunt, and I, I'm, you know, I'm blaze oranged out, and I'm, you know, it's a right, definitely a rifle hunt. But anyway, hey, it on. is what it is. That's the deer I shot in the ass in Alabama last year. Broderick just messaged, guess what? Had quite the sore in his hindquarter last from last year. <laughs> so remember that buck that came in? Oh, oh yeah. Let me see. For an Alabama buck, that's oh, pretty that's good a buck. Good, yeah. So that buck came in. He's heavy. You could hear. And Broderick says, the deer are going to come from this way. So I am, you know, tunnel vision. Fucking deer comes from way over here, right? right. And I'm like. And you could hear a flea fart, right? Super. Remember that night, no wind. I finally get the bow. He comes out in the field, and he is tuned up. And uh, and I wasn't exactly proficient as I should have been, but I think he's at 18 yards. And I shoot, and that wor deer whirls, and I hit him right in the ass. And uh, called Broderick. I'm like, well, he there, he's dead in 50, or he ain't he ain't dead, right? I either hit the from whirl or I didn't. And uh, I tracked it. He went into this wide open field where I could see forever. Couldn't find him, but Broderick killed him. That son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Are you yeah. guys going back there? Mm. That bring that up. Frank's going to the sheep show. I'm going hunting. I get to go to the sheep show, guys. Sorry, Frank. <laughs> I, I pulled the right. rank on him. It's all right. Yeah, it's got to uh, be done. It's got to be done. Yeah, yeah. Frank, Frank does get. What well, are we're going? Black bear. I'm going brown bear. We're going antelope. I talked to Alex. We're good with that. Mountain goat, Alberta. What am I missing? Oklahoma, Alabama. We're going on a lot of hunts. We're going on so, a lot of hunts. I hear so you. I don't feel uh, too guilty. Okay, I no hear complaints. you've got a vendetta against antelope. I've got to get one with the stick with the bow. Stick bow yeah. yeah. Well, 
I heard. So I, I totally heard fucked up. I know. I heard about the the ground blind, the one that came in behind you. No, no, that's not it. I oh. mean, I really fucked up. Oh, really? You saw the picture, didn't you? So I get in the ground blind, and I always pull the gear out right of my pack, so I don't make noise, and I'll snap a few photos. So I snap a couple photos. I go to look at the photos. There's a fucking antelope in the photo that's alive, right? An antelope buck in the photo. And I'm like... Is this like first light? No, not like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, <laughs> shit. And I look, you know, I'm looking at the camera. I'm looking up. I'm like, oh, there's a fucking antelope right there. I can't believe I did this. Of course, he's tuned. He's looking at the blind, wondering what's going on. Because I had made... Because this is in the first five minutes. So what happened? Alex dropped me off. Alex drove. He said he was going to take a right. And he said, usually there's bucks, you know, that big windbreak. And he said, I'm just going to drive down and maybe they'll come to you. Well, the dust hadn't settled from him driving off and I got the camera out. Well, there happened to be a buck right on the other side of that windbreak. And he was only 10 inches, right? But with stick bow. So I'm looking, I'm wanting to get photos of my decoy. So there's the decoy on one window and there's the buck in the other. And so the one that came behind me, I didn't really screw up. I just couldn't open the window. Right. This I fucked up. <laughs> I'm like, so I put the camera down and, and he's at 40, which is, is for me is my wheelhouse. And so he's at 40 or 41. And I waited for him to not what I thought wasn't tuned up. But with an antelope, I think my arrow was a solid four feet from, you know, when it got to him, he was four feet away. But the other one that came back, now that was a, high 70s low 80s buck he came in the first day behind me and then what did i sit 14 hours <laughs> i didn't see another antelope but <laughs> yeah so yeah i need i need to get a that's like the goal for next year we want i mean that you know like this year was a high country buck well the baton high country the baton death march high country buck that I was heard, a good one I, yeah. I listened to the podcast and dude that's enough drama in there you guys from coming back and and after you shot yours and getting kind of almost like refreshed and then going back in and then you ended up killing that one um but how much weight did you lose not as much as we thought you should have lost seven, seven seven pounds not, yeah, lost, not a whole I, lot okay that's not as bad as i lost 12 um but i got fungus some kind of streptococcus oh, right, right. and then i got an infection from my clicker from that scar there and then Frank got dysentery. I don't know what you had. I don't know. Something so wrong with my guts. You got a sushi? It was sushi, was yeah. It, I think it was sushi. gas station sushi? Something. No, it was from Whole Foods, which is probably just as bad. Well, I did that after the goat hunt. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you got to understand Frank doesn't complain, right? I mean, so like when you texted us in the tree stand in Alabama, do your guys' stomachs hurt? I thought he's fucked up. He's something's wrong. If he texts, because that means he needs to get out of the tree stand and he wouldn't say it. Which we got out shortly after. He didn't leave the room for 24. Out, what, 24 hours? You just, no longer you just, that. I got some sort of stomach bug. Mm. So when we get up and look at the deer, we go back, the storm comes in, and we go get back in our tents. When I get back out, I'm like, hey, dude, the sun's breaking. I'm staying here for a while. You know, I could tell, like, wow. And then when you climbed over, he was he made it to me, right? But you just weren't saying anything too much. <laughs> so I could tell he was in, he was in pain. Uh -huh. And then we packed that out. Well, we were pretty fresh Well, you there. killed your deer. I'm like, so we, we're going to pack this out tonight, right? You're like, no, I think we're going to go back to camp. <laughs> I'm like, son of a bitch, my stomach hurts. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get any better, did it? No, not really. Yeah. Not for a few days after. But then we went on a death march back to kill um, an elk. We just spent two days, one night, and I blacked out 
when we were on those benches, um, I stood up and faced the fucking ground. I was out, and I'm like, huh. And I did not feel right. We got to camp. I'm like, you know, Frank, I think something's wrong with me. And he's like, don't die on me. And I'm like, we're yeah. way too far back here. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> I something's, can't pack you out. something's wrong. Like, I got cold chills, and then I woke up at two in the morning, and my, my bag was soaked. I had to open up, and I'm just pissed and sweat. And I'm like, yeah, something's fucked up, Frank. I'm something's wrong, and and there was no elk. I'm like, and we only had a couple of days to hunt anyway, so we went back. And then that night, I mean, I soaked the sheets like, and right. I actually David Hoff is who brought it up after running a ultra marathon. He gets that his body just goes into shock, and so we obviously pushed it pushed it a little harder than I thought um, on the mule deer hunt, and that. And that's well, that, so was it just your body rejecting, kind of like what you were doing. I don't know. Like, I don't, it was weird though. I mean. That climb in though was a little were you, rough. Were you running a fever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. your whole body was just. Huh. Well, I felt good the next morning. It wasn't. Like, I could have kept hunting, you know. But I was like, you know, we the, the elk that it was. You know, they were on private land. They come out. So I was like, yeah, let's just go back to and you. That's why you caught an antelope. So when we went back, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I think it might have been right after that. Yeah. Yeah. You killed yeah, my you antelope. Got your antelope. So it was a good idea to. Yeah. I mean, it worked out to come back, yeah. but it was a little rough. So. I I know he's going on this, I heard, you know, hey, I'm going on this mountain goat hunt and all this stuff, and we kind of worked to get camera guys for him and this and that. And I, I don't remember where I'm at, but I start getting these texts, and freaking Aaron and Frank are with him, and I'm like, what the heck? How did that come about? <laughs> we don't like to work. <laughs> well, I, I think I messaged you and said, hey, if you need did help, you just, we'll go You just up see there. that he was getting ready for a mountain goat hunt, and you guys didn't have anything your board? Yeah, or I was what? just cleaning the blood out of my... Out of my pack, and I just did some stupid Instagram story because I was happy I'd actually killed an elk because this was the hardest I've had to work to kill a damn elk this year. And so I'm washing the blood out, and then he texts me. He's like, hey, what goat hunt are you going on? I was like, oh, I got a tag. He's like, hey, I don't like to invite myself, but uh, I really am bored, and I don't want to go to work. <laughs> and you know how it is when you draw one of these tags, you got all these people, oh, man, I'm going to come glass oh, with you. Yeah. I'm going to come glass with you. I'm gonna... And then when it's like two weeks away, they're like, Oh, yeah, I forgot to get time <laughs> off work. Oh, yeah, well, I got 40, this hunt. 44 uh, was the same way. The yep. only person that actually showed up was Drummond. Yep. Oh, I'm going to come help you glass, you know. And and I understand it. People oh, have I lives. Totally get it, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's... Our life is going on hunts, so it worked out great. Yeah, it, so <laughs> it, it worked out awesome. But I tell you what, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that we scouted the day before, I would have had him poaching. Uh, I didn't look. They changed the unit boundary from the year before. And oh, uh, yeah. really? they shrunk it. And so when Amy and I went, we were half the time in, out of the unit. Yeah, we and, met up. <laughs> we met up that day. It was the week before we both went up there to scout a day. And he's like, yeah, we were looking here. We were looking here. And then for some reason, I can't remember if it was, oh, it was that map. Uh, Jordan made me a custom map. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, how come the boundary isn't showing where we were just looking? Well, the year before they changed the, they shrunk that unit quite a and bit. The, and actually. the biggest goats that I had known about we're out of the unit now. You know what I mean? Like that right. backside. Yeah, or now whatever. you can't even so, hunt them. They're not even in a unit. So mm. they shrunk it so much. So we were relying heavily on John as far as where to go. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Because yeah, as we're driving in, I'm telling Amy, I'm like, we're probably going to go up there. Like, that's probably where we're going to. Yeah, that was fucking five miles out of the unit or something. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't even <laughs> think We had a nice map. Yeah. 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 Not well. Yeah, when he broke that map out, I'm like, huh. Eh. Shit. 
I'm glad we just didn't go off of me because I would have never even looked, uh-huh. honestly, which is bad. You got That's a good thing. You got to read the regs every year because they shrunk probably 30% off that unit. Yeah, a good chunk of it, a yeah. good chunk of it. And that's where all the big billies were getting killed too. Yeah. Well, and the guy that killed the big, big one, that was right on the border too. It was on the yeah. border, yeah. Yeah. I ended up talking to that guy. The guy from like the East Coast or whatever? They killed that? Yeah. 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 He, um, I think because he saw it on social, I don't know, whatever, he messaged me and I, there was more to the story. Not anything bad, but I, I, I think that goat was tied to a tree is what it boiled down to. I talked to, to him at the, uh, the check-in station. Yeah. I don't know who his guide was, but his guide like was telling them to lie to the yeah. He was telling them to lie and where he killed it and stuff. And the, the guy checking in is like, you know, where'd you kill this at? And then he's like, well, you know, he's telling this guy, he's like, well, he told me not to tell. He goes, look, it's the law that you have to tell me <laughs> where to put this and you cannot lie. So then he's sitting yeah. there, he's telling it. I'm, I'm looking over the shoulder. I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'm talking to him. And yeah, yeah. He, that guy has some like uh, some medical issues too to where yeah. he, he couldn't hike. So he was he was jealous of my goat because he's like, you did what I wanted to do. You back, he's like, and you killed it with a bow. Yeah. So yeah. it was cool. So yeah. was that a was that a rifle tag that you drew? It was a rifle tag right? I drew, yeah. I did the same thing. I drew a rifle tag. It was easier to draw. And then I killed it with my goat with a bow. And um, But you guys are the ones that found that. You guys are the ones that spotted, what'd you call him, Billy Idol? We were walking things. up the trail and Frank's like, there's a goat. And I look, I'm like, huh, that's a billy. It's right above the tents. And uh, I was like, shit, that's a billy. And then it laid there all night right above the camp or whatever. Um, yeah, it was cool because uh, Clay had asked me about it. He's like, what was that, a three-year-old? And I was like, yeah, I figured three or four. What did they say it was? I think they said three and a half when they yeah. checked him in. And uh, he asked me, I was like, dude, I said, I got to, you know, and Clay's killed you know 50 inch plus goats right and clay's like is there bigger goats in there i'm like yeah and he said um you know clay because i've almost killed myself on mount baker multiple times and there's you know he always says there's goats you kill and there's goats you don't you just don't go right. after them right he was watching the footage he watched your video and he's like i can see why you killed that goat he's like yeah he was he was funny about it he because i told him i said it wasn't a giant goat dude but it was a pretty epic trip and he watched the video and he was like yep that's pretty fucking cool man and i was like you don't ever get to where one group is here watching when you guys are coming you know what i can't get out of my mind that goofy ass fucking smile that he had on his face you could see his teeth from 200 yards out my photos you can see him on that shoot he's like <laughs> with this permagrin i was like he's fucking happier than all of us uh john was awesome about that well oh, we, yeah. we well, we got into camp, and you're like, there he is. You're looking at me like, I can't tell he's, if he's an 8-inch Billy or a 9-inch Billy. He's like, it's just hard right now. There's nothing else around him. So we, we're like, well, let's go take a closer look. And I even show that. I'm like, well, let's get closer. And so by my closer, by the time I was there, he's 32 <laughs> yards away. You could have stabbed him John, if you wanted John's to. John's whispering in my sh- over my shoulder. He's like, he, he knew I wanted to shoot a nine inch Billy. He goes, yeah. dude, that's not a nine inch Billy. He goes, that's an eight inch Billy. I was like, I know. Turn that camera on. We're gonna kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was, I was just too close away. I was like, this is too perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah you what, guys across me here. Yeah, like, I mean, that I, like, I could kill setup. a bigger Billy, but if I get it on camera, I would rather kill this Billy on camera with two different camera angles than. One where maybe the cameraman is going to be like leaning the tripod over and holding on to my belt while I shoot down. That would have been cool, but it just wouldn't have been as cool. Well, I think I told you when we were watching it, I said that that ghost's not as big as I thought it was. When we got closer, I'm like, I can see it now. And it's, it's just, and I, at 400, and, and I talked to Bart and Clay about this. 
I got to beat a two. Same with the bear. At four, I just it's I'm I'm not good enough, right? I got to when when you talk when it's big, that's easy, right? It, right. But we got. Didn't I tell you? Did I tell you that when we were looking from where I was like, it's not as big as I thought it was. I was like, that that goat's not even remotely close to nine inches, and I'm like, but I hope he kills it because that's gonna be pretty fucking awesome. Because <laughs> well, you think with a stick bow too, like yeah. you know, for, like you could have killed that. I probably could have handed you my bow. And you could have yeah. went and shot that with a stick because of the, the way the yeah, cliff was. Yeah, the way were. that the cliff was there was awesome. And, and you bang flopped it. That oh, was, <laughs> I love that. Cool. I love that footage yeah. of him just going. <laughs> and let's be honest, there's, especially in the lower 48, there's probably, you know, 2% of the hunting population that can look in that goat and say, oh, that goat's under nine inches. The rest of them are going to look at it and go, you killed it with a bow? I mean, and that's the, that's the beautiful thing about hunting for the adventure versus hunting for score. Yeah, sure. I mean, I wanted to kill a 200-inch deer. You wanted to kill a 9-inch billy. But um, it, having that, especially on camera, I mean, that's yeah. just awesome. You Same have thing that... happened with my deer hunt this year. I yeah. burnt 11 points on that unit, and I could have killed – I ended up killing like a 135-inch buck, and my, I had the option of I kill this buck right now. Or I come back without a camera crew, and yeah, I can chase the 180s, the 190s, and get it without camera. And I told Tanner I'd much rather just killed on camera, and be, then I can go elk hunt. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> now it, it's that that just that whole area was pretty cool. We and, and the photos came out. The photos are awesome. One of the top ten photos of the years that one of you with that crazy ass load you had coming out with that. Remember on the rock? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the top ten photos as far as however. Social media, you know, Instagram right, yeah. figures it out. It's one of mm-hmm. the top ten because they had a lot of comments on that thing because that was a big ass pack. Yeah, but I was, I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was hurting a little bit on the on the way in. Um, as far as uh, when we were climbing in, and I just where was I before? I just I remember maybe I maybe I didn't tell you I was hurting when we climbed in. I remember thinking, "Fuck, I gotta get to. I need to get used to the altitude again. This sucks." But what was the, what was the elevation from where you started on the trailhead to where you guys killed that goat? Ten oh. something to twelve nine probably. Yeah, I, don't know. I think we killed him right at thirteen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. Uh, it was hot. I mean, it's pretty high. I mean, we did fine hiking around. I just remember thinking I generally in a little bit happier position. The when first, I'm, uh, uh, yeah, the first. I don't know probably thousand feet of gain i looked at john and i told him this sucks yeah <laughs> my lungs weren't used to it either but then that you just get used to it or yeah. you get used to it sucking yeah. yeah well when you um like in washington at baker which is way more extreme than what we did uh but it's lower way lower in, in elevation so like altitude like oxygen's not a problem you might die in the cliffs and the right sure. all the other shit and the glaciers and everything but you're not gonna certainly lungs won't hurt but just different uh scenarios but that was your first goat hunt wasn't it yeah i'd never been on a goat hunt so it was a good experience it, for and me it, it probably went a lot easier than most uh yeah oh, that yeah. was by I, far I, the I easiest was, one I've, f- I've done for me i always think of uh, you know uh, having hunted goats and studied goats before it's you know we have kind of two subspecies of goat we have that goat that has that horse looking face you know big big body and then we have these goats that are a little bit smaller um i mean you can, they can still have nine inch horn you know for but that goat was tough because he was so proportioned exactly you know he if you looked at him and you didn't have another goat to reference him off of. Uh, I mean, he's really beautiful coat. Just, you know, it looks everything. He, if you put him, like, 
in a photo 1.25, <laughs> you know, now you have a nine inch belly, right? But you don't have anything. To, so that was also kind of tough when you're judging a lone goat, at least in my opinion, I think you, it comes in harder. But It is here too, just because there's two species um, of goats here as well, bigger body and smaller body species. But yeah, it, uh, I don't know what, uh, we're going on a goat hunt in uh, Alaska, which is weird because a guy on social media got a hold of me to check out his place, and I looked, and then Jake Downs, who's a friend of ours, killed his goat there with a stick bow, and then I talked to the guy. He did a podcast, and then uh, so whatever, one thing led to another. I'm like, yeah, um, you know, we'll, we'll book a hunt with you, I would think. So um, as, as it turns out, I think we're both going to be goat hunting, um, which will be Frank's first, second goat hunt and that's, ever. <laughs> What's that country like up there? Uh, from what I know, it's Cordova, Alaska. It's fucking horrible. Um, one of awesome. the worst places on earth. So when is that? Are you guys gonna do like in August or September? September thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, ba- it's a backpack hunt, which we you know whatever we wanted. So and that's we, the rainy season, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds like it's gonna suck That'll as far fun. as that goes. Yeah, good for you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, it sounds like um, you know, big. I mean, they're big goats there, like super. Uh, I mean, they kill 50 inches there every year. Wow. So. Well, I mean, with the stick for me, anything that's, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine years old and whatever, I'm not going to be crazy, crazy picky, but um, yeah, I don't know. I've been, I've had a horseshoe in my ass with that stick. So hopefully fingers crossed. Now, up there, do they give, is it in any, or is it just a billy tag? Is it like any male or female? I don't, I mean, in most places other than Colorado, they'll probably shoot you if you did, even okay. if it was legal, if you did shoot a I got female. You. Um, it's kind of like lions, you know, they're, they're, they're wanting to shoot the toms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's been, a, it was an exciting season. I know that, uh, you know, with Lane stepping up and uh, helping us, it just, you know, with Outback Outdoors, I, I'm, I've gone so much. It's nice to have somebody else be able to step up and and do some hunts and get some footage. Um, you know, Adam is amazing and and does is a heck of a hunter, but he just doesn't. He guides so much. Yeah, and that's where the majority of his income comes from. It makes it tough to um, get schedules. You know, he gets two kind of like you. Oh, we got two days. Hey, let's go elk hunting. Well, it's hard for us when we have a schedule and we're scheduling cameramen. When he says, "Well, I hope I can hunt here," and I hope you know, it's 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 really hard to schedule that in. So, um, what we're trying to do is be more um, proactive about our hunts to go. Okay, he drew this, so we know that's gonna we're gonna have a cameraman with him for six days or five days or whatever, and then and then when Adam Adam has the hunts that he's set aside and we have a good time to do it a good amount of time um then then we turn around and, and try and schedule that but it's other what's happened in the past is that it's just hard to be able to fit schedules yeah. uh, it's just well, like on, anything else on that know? note what do you guys got going on for well potentially obviously if you draw what do you guys have going on this year, are you going to pull another horseshoe out of your ass lane and draw another? No, tag? I, he's uh, going to lend it to I, me. I would, I, would, I would have to draw a moose tag to be pulling it because I got no, I can't even apply for sheep or goats yet. Um, How many moose I mean, points do you have? Ten or eleven or twelve, somewhere around there. I just, I'm, I'm in that limbo where I could draw it now and I could draw it in twenty years and I could never draw it. I have eighteen. Yeah, and um, I'll probably never draw it. Sheep, same thing. I mean, I'm not maxed out, but I'm. I think two or three points away from being maxed out. And, um, you know, I, we don't need to go into that. I'm just so frustrated with that whole debacle. Um, well, other uh, than that rabbit hole, what do you guys think okay. you're going to draw? <laughs> <laughs> 
as far as me, I, I'm hoping to draw my elk unit. I try, I'd usually draw it like two out of three years just because it's a zero point unit for the most part. Sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. Um, I got a buddy from, he's an FDNY firefighter. It's got three points, and so he's for sure going to draw it. So we're going to be hunting. He wants to come out here and hunt. I got an aunt and uncle with like 22 non-resident points, and they're getting older. They want to burn it. I'm just banking on a lot of other people so I can go and do some really fun hunts as far as like hunts to plan. My wife has a ton of moose and sheep points. Um, But as far as me, I'm just waiting to see what I draw. I apply in every single western state except for California, Washington, Oregon. I just don't I can't believe you apply those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't believe I donate my. my I, I'm fine donate my money to you know Nevada and Arizona and yeah, I'm, New I've Mexico. got quite a few points in Nevada and Utah. That's probably going to be my next, you know, real high limited entry, you know, burning all your points type of hunt. Um, for us, we're we know we're going to mule deer hunt. We know we're going to elk hunt. Uh, um, you know, even just some some over the counter units. Um, and then with us, the whitetail has become pretty big. Not For because Trevin, the whitetail okay. has become. <laughs> I'm addicted. <laughs> I, I, I never hunted white. I'm with you, Trevin. I love whitetail it's, hunting. It's, it's so different. It's, I try and explain to people look, there's something about your plum, or at least I am, I'm wore out from the back. You know the harder physicality it's demanding your legs hunts. have to move more than everyone else's because well, they're shorter yeah that's true <laughs> but um but with me when november hits and that rut um there's something about uh being able to look forward to that because see we've spent all all summer doing food plots yeah. and setting tree stands i mean all these properties that we hunt we do the management on so it is a frigging chess match where do should okay i need to move that tree you know last year i learned to move it to this tree and then and then you're trying to compete against hundreds and hundreds of acres of beans and 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 corn and there's plenty of food so food's not an issue you know i mean so you're trying to 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 figure these deer out and you're i don't know i'm i'm just hooked i'm hooked on whitetail and that it's a much more of a mental game than it is a physical game um you know so i i, I don't know i yeah. i really enjoy my whitetail hunting um and there's been many years where like kansas i mean i this is the first time that uh one of the top tier bucks that i had on my quote unquote hit list or whatever you want to call it the, that I had been seeing over the summer that I had a shot at. Yeah. Um, I've seen them, but usually it's going across the pasture 200 yards away or something like that. So, um, and I assume it's probably going to be another two or three years before I get another opportunity, but that's okay with me because in that situation, just all of the trail cameras and I'm trying to understand the bedding and, and, and how things change with the with crop rotation, it, it's just adds another facet to it so yeah well frank got screwed last year he didn't get to go to oklahoma so we found an end around on that one we just bought out half the lease so oh, that, did you? that'll fix that yeah <laughs> nice. nice so yeah. pound it pound and it then we, nice. we may <laughs> actually um buy out when i say buy out we may enter into half the lease in alabama or a fraction of it a part mm-hmm. of it um yeah the alabama and uh, you know hunt is is fun but when you talk about oklahoma they killed 280 inch whitetail off there the week before I got there, oh. and uh, this, you know, it's it. 
it's very well managed. It's no different than any other property in the sense of it's not in the greatest location in Oklahoma, but it's it's managed well. Mm-hmm. But I was Frank's heard me talk about it. I've never seen snort wheezes work like they work there. And and when I say that, you can snort wheeze in a lot of areas in the deer they'll run off, right? Um, you know, or whatever. Where with this, I think I snort wheezed probably fourteen different bucks in. Really? And uh the two wow. bucks I killed I snort wheezed in. The buck I missed that big I missed a 150 inch eight point. And if you know whitetail, you can see why I about fucking cried. Um, I, they just, it works. They come in, they're done. Yeah, they're very. That sounds like fun whitetail hunting. Yeah. Instead of no. just sitting there going, come on, walk by. <laughs> come on, baby, well, walk by. <laughs> and, 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 and again, when, when you're involved in it, and now you're helping to make decisions on what's going to happen in November. There, there's. It seems like you're a little more invested. And I've hunted with guides who took me to a tree, and I walk. I climbed up the tree. I have no idea why. Why am I climbing up this tree, and what do I expect to see? What you know? What am? For me, that's. I think as much a part of the hunt now at my age and and. Uh, you know my experience so we, we're, i'm not smart enough to have any decision making i'll speak for frank and say he's not either because we don't know whitetails that well but what we will we'll be able to do is check all the cameras right. and you know what i mean kind it's of fun see. yeah it's, it's super fun it's a pain in the ass too um they have 25 30 game oh, cameras yeah. out so it's oh. like there's a lot of <laughs> and i'm looking at these deer and i'm like hey broderick and he's like weed whacker you know dink i'm like motherfucker i'm like what kind of big deer am i shooting here right <laughs> um but the the deer i shot like it was grunting chasing a doe i snort wheezed and it came in fast fast right. and, and the big buck and uh it was actually funny because there's a the private property thing there's a river there river's the boundary he's like you shoot a buck and you're not sure you killed it do not push that buck it gets in that river we're fucked I'm like, all right, so I have no patience whatsoever. So I shoot the deer super high angle, and I did the liver long, about the only thing I could do. And it walked off to 40, and it stood there, but it looked gut shot. I'm like, well, maybe I didn't hit it quite where I thought I hit it, you know, because you know how they hunch up. Right. And it's not happy, but I'm like, huh, it didn't fall over that quick. And I'm like, man, I'm sure I got liver. Well, I wait a while, and then all of a sudden I hear, and I'm like, (laughs) Jesus. It had, it had to have died, right? So I'm like, I know Broderick said, don't get out of the stand, but I don't ever listen to him anyway. I'm getting out of the stand. So I climb out and I grab my bow and I've got the the stick anyway, and then it's thick, right? And so I'm, I'm doing my best in imitation of a ninja. And I'm, anyway, a forky runs by and I'm like, oh shit, huh, that's a fork. And then my buck stands up like 18 yards 20 yards in front of me and it's in thick willows and the only thing i can see is its neck so i put one and just bang flopped it right in the neck and it hit the ground i'm like cool because the river is like 10 right. yards from me i'm like and you're doing Ooh. exactly what Broderick said not to do oh yeah and i didn't even want to tell him and then he comes up he's like did you shoot this thing in the neck you dumb shit and i'm like uh uh, on the second shot, I hit it in the neck, and uh, he was like, what? And I'm like, well, I didn't really listen to you, and I went after it, and it stood up, and I about had a panic attack and hit it in the neck, which that did it in because I hit it dead center in the neck. But, uh, I mean, that bucket's over there. It's high 140s. You know, it's an Internet 150. And, yeah. uh uh, it was It'd be 160 if I took a picture with it as small as I am. It, uh, yeah, you probably saw pictures on it. Instagram, it's a good buck. Mm-hmm. I mean, great especially buck. for a stick bow. But, oh. you know, Broderick... Um, it uh Roderick's got to be in control so to have two dummies like me and Frank there it's perfect because he can do all he's very good at what you're talking about he's as good as you're going to get as far as the um crop replace you know whatever crop rotations and tra- whatever and and so we can kind of 
go down there and reap the benefits and he can still do what he wants to right. do because he takes true pleasure in right. doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's the weirdest hit that one buck that, that the one eighty seven, the triple main beam buck, they shot that two hundred and fifty yards from a house. Mm-hmm. Um it's just that's how the deer are in right. the Midwest and a lot of areas, which is hard to wrap your head around when you got a guy farming beside you and a 150-inch deer comes out and you're like, you're not supposed to be there. Is that like north, south, east, west, Oklahoma, what part of Oklahoma? I can't like remember. Ten. Okay. Cool. So, so, so for me, uh, that was an adjustment. Having, <laughs> having grown up in New Mexico, yeah. I used to get so pissed because every freaking hunting magazine you picked up had a big old whitetail on the front, right? And I... We didn't have whitetail. We well, we had coos deer, but nobody shot coos deer because they were little. They're little dog deer. You know, you didn't think anything about that. You wanted to shoot a big mule deer, so I had a lot of meat, right? I mean, that was the idea. Antlers were cool, but I don't have one picture of a gripping what we would call a gripping grin now. No, what we have is if we took a picture of them, they were in the back of the truck, right? And you're just leaning on it, you know, and tongues hanging out and whatever. (laughs) But it was more about body size. Yeah, yeah. You know, and putting meat in the freezer. And uh, so I think when I started hunting whitetail, I was 33 years old before I ever even got up ever in a stand for the first time. And um, I was pretty much addicted once I saw the way that works, especially during the rut. There's something about that rut and, like you're saying, grunting and snort wheezing and, and just that interaction rattling. I mean, how cool is it to friggin' you put some horns together, antlers together, and then the next thing you know, three bucks are right in front of you. I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And this is an animal that literally will live its whole life within a mile, maybe even two square mile, maybe even smaller than that, and then... And yeah, they'll live 200 yards from a house and be fine. You know, where, where mule deer, um, you know, we talk about when whitetail move into mule deer country, they'll, they'll either run them off or they'll breed them out, breed them out yeah. because they're so much more aggressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You brought up something. Um, we're hit over an hour here, so we're going to talk about this one thing and we're going to have to get off. You brought up the grip and grin. How do you feel about some of the movement of uh, not meat hunting movement, but more of the anti-grip and grin, um, uh, more liberal side of things or whatever, acceptance of more gun um, regulations? Regulation. Okay. Yeah. I, Is this stemming from like a Facebook post yesterday, maybe a little bit? Well, I posted that yeah. one. Um, yeah, oh, no, yeah. that that was, I already knew about that. I just had that sent to me and I'm like, I'm just going to post this up yeah. and, and it stirred up way more shit than I thought. All but right. but here, no, Ben here, o- here's, yeah, I remember Ben yeah. O'Brien sat down and I don't remember who he's talking to about, maybe it was Ryan, uh, but they were talking about the grip and grin and how uh, now they have grip and grin 2.0. Here's my honest opinion. And I don't, I don't mean to hurt anybody's feeling, but to me, I would rather have a good, field photo that's what i call a grip and grin then a mount mm-hmm. and here's why to me that's more special because it's the last time before i break that animal down that he's in his natural environment and he's in that right i don't take that picture for me now you're going to see a smile on my face because i'm happy as heck because i know the work i put into that to get that deer on the ground i'm going to compose that shot quality yeah. but that when when you come into my house i have a few mounts but you know what is even better is the pictures i have because to me that's the trophy now the trophy really is in the adventure but that embodies the adventure yeah i just for me nobody wants to see a picture of my fucking freezer all right so right i don't (laughs) 
do you want to see meat in a package? I mean, no one wants to see that, right? I mean, that is a a byproduct. That is the end goal. But people like pack out the rack and they're like, oh, where's the meat? Well, nobody wants to see a, a pack stuff because it's a pack stuff. It could be sleeping bags. It right. could be meat. Pillows. It's a given. There's, But I get where they're coming from because of, you know, hunters haven't done a great job so, at times of portraying themselves. Right. And, and there is the, um, what's the word, um, persona we have of the trophy hunting where you cut the head off and leave it. And I get all that and you want to talk about the meat or I just, you know, you don't win, uh, you know, the whatever cup for hockey and not get a photo with the Stanley Cup, not get a photo with the trophy. And and so for me, it's part of it, and it's part that shouldn't be taken away. You should also talk about the the meat and, and talk about, you know, on the grill, uh, we're switching to Green Mountain since our trigger keeps catching on fire, by the way. <laughs> but the meat on the grill, the the whole story. You should have every part of it in a grip and grin or a trophy vote as part of that. I uh, For me, uh, hunters have done such a disservice because you'll see – uh, tongue hanging out, covered in blood, and like leaves in the eyes. I'd rather not see that one at all. Like when we take a, a trophy photo, I mean, that's what it is, a grip and grin. I'm cleaning it up. I'm making sure it looks pretty. I'm making sure that animal looks the way he looked basically before I killed him as much as I can. And I, I love taking them. I love taking the shots where I'm looking at the animal too because it's cool. I'm checking it out. But I do love the where you're sitting there and you're taking a good picture. I just – and I don't want to see them go away. I would like to see people clean them up just a little bit, take two damn seconds, get the stick out of his eye. Get I, the, I agree with that get, get, the, get the blood yeah. off him, cut the tongue out if the tongue's hanging out, and make him look really good because I think those are the photos that make us look bad are the ones where they have – they're basically showing they have no respect for it, yeah. in my opinion, when I see and, that. And I think versus that, the, that, yeah. that, that's the – those are the ones that maybe should just – just get, clean the damn thing up. Take well, two seconds to clean it up, and then I want to see it. And the argument, so, the argument is – the reason that the quote-unquote grip and grin is not bad is the people that are on the fence, right, are looking at it and they're seeing it in a, in a, a negative light. So I, I will val- I agree with what you're saying. I'll take it a step further. To me, a quality a grip and grin is a shi- sign of respect, yeah, in my a, opinion. It's as important as anything, in and, my opinion, too. Right, and, and, I, and I have uh, two freezers that are full. And I gave away more meat this year than I ever have, which is awesome because I get to share that piece of what, you know, so, so it doesn't go to waste. Um, but I also think that we have, we've, uh, you're, you're probably going to, I'll probably get email on this, but I'm going to say it. You, we have pansified the, the hunting. What are you saying is Pussified. Pussified. Yeah. No, I, I did not say that. I said pansy. Now you're being a pussy. of America. Okay. So I believe it's Man, part of that. Man, fuck up. You wrestled. Okay. Oh, so I, I do believe that that it, this is a full contact sport. I've never seen a football player that was that got beat on the team that got beat that just said, "Man, boy, but that was a great adventure." Right. Now, I went on a great mule deer hunt. Did not even pull the trigger. I could have. Okay, I could have ended that hunt the first day, and I had a great adventure. But that's a little different because I chose not to. Um, that's what I call catch and release. Um, uh, but in a situation where we're dealing with this, if if you shoot, and we've done it to ourselves, the guys for you've seen it. The guy's first elk is a spike in a unit. You know, he can shoot a spike, and he gets derailed at the size of that spike. Rather than us going. Your first elk, congratulations. So we've done it to ourselves. So now, guys, 
won't post. I've got a great example. Uh, Dustin Etheridge, who was one of our producers, um, shot a deer in Texas. And it was smaller than he thought. Some ground shrinkage, right? He, he has a picture of that. Nobody's ever seen it. Because he's, he's almost because of social pressure, there's been some um, embarrassment. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm putting words in his mouth, so forgive me, Dustin, if I'm speaking out of turn here. But in a way, he didn't put it on there because of the fact that, uh, you know, it's going to happen. Well, that's a friggin' little deer. Yeah, but it's, my, it's the first buck I killed with a bow. So we've done a little bit of that to ourselves and then it goes overboard and now you know it it, it it can be classified if not done correctly as a disrespectful where in my opinion it is the ultimate respect and homage before you break that animal will never be in that position so that's my two cents um it's my new iphone everyone um taking a picture no i agree with what you're saying i just I'm not, and I'm friends with Cal. I'm not really friends with Ben O'Brien. I did a podcast with him. That's my extent of my friendship with him. But um, I've hunted with Cal and everything else. And I, I get it. I think that you need to take photos of you breaking down the animal and you need mm-hmm. video or whatever. Right, and right. you need to have the grip and grin or the trophy photo. And Frank and I did, a, let's say, a disservice. I got, we had the picture. We had 13 does in the back of the truck. And we were standing on the tail, the, the, the box. We took a photo of that. And I understand how people can take that the wrong way. I totally get it. And I'm like, well, I was actually just showing how much shit we killed because we was, what, a $2,700? No, a $1,700 bill at the processor. Right. And I, guys were like, did you eat that? And I'm like, what the fuck? You think we threw him in the back of the truck to drive him out? And so for me, I'm like, it's a given. And, and it's not a given, right? You got to have more context to it for sure. And I don't disagree with that. Now, I will say, what did we have the other night? Jalapeno popper, mm-hmm. bacon Wrapped wrap. Wrapped in bacon. Oh. Oh, mother. Oh. I went a little overboard, though. I got excited when we were at the processor. They were like, it's 24 tray. It's bacon wrapped around with popper or jalapeno. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll take 20-something of those. So we got a lot of them. But I, I think that, and this is my experience with antis, and, you know, the cat hunt was a nightmare, you know, death threats galore. When you get someone like the chucklehead that said it was a joke and I called him, like Adam, you know, the one, and he actually ends up living here. Um, I called him out on a deal, sent him a message, and I'm like, hey, dude, I have no problem. I was like, if you live in Colorado, let's just talk in person. And a former military guy actually served in the same unit I did, and he was, like, going off on predator management was a joke. And I'm like, and so I sent him links to some of this. And I'm like, dude, you really should educate yourself. Well, hell, he's he went from anti to, to pro now. I was able to educate him. Right. Well, I understand where those guys are getting it because it's all about education. Like, but because of that, people asked me if I ate the wolf. And I blame that on Ranella. Okay, you, you eat what you kill. And I had guys, okay. <laughs> did he eat a coyote or something once? Who's he did, Ranella? He did eat, yeah, he did him eat and uh, Remy right. Warren. And, and they said it tasted like steel wool. Oh, yeah. They said, well, I had guys, did you eat the coyote? Even Rogan texted me. You going to eat that? I'm like, no. I'm eat the fucking, I'm not going to eat the wolf, man. I was like, what is wrong with you people? Some shit needs to die. Because I hate to say conservation, but it, it's conservation. Now well, it's not like it completely went to waste either. You got the fur and the yeah. Well, and you know what? They fucking eat too much shit. Okay, fur, not whatever. I mean, the bottom line: there was eight different wolf packs when we were up there. There, I didn't see any moose. I didn't see any deer. They run around eating everything. 
some shit just needs to be thinned out and and Man- again managed managed right okay so if you look at the in history you have these giant when you let animals do it okay the ungulate population expands okay and then they all get eaten and then the predator population goes away because they starve and then the ungulates build back up well we're here to keep them all even right and, and i'm maybe a guy that barely graduated high school but it doesn't take a fucking genius to figure out if you don't you know do some management when you have black bear grizzly mountain lion lynx bobcat and wolves that's a lot of predators well when none of those really well, we did have a mountain lion eat our bobcat when we were running the bobcat. Fucking really? strange, man. <laughs> yeah, really? Then we had two lynx eat each other. One ran off was missing a leg. It's crazy shit. You know there's a predator problem. Wow. And so the fact that I was able to shoot four predators in five days, three with a stick bow, should tell you there might be a predator problem. Well, and everybody's on there sending death threats, and I'm like, okay, so it's just bad, right? Okay, it's just bad to shoot a predator. They don't know why it's bad. They don't have any, no, there's no education. So part of having a photo is also striking up the engagement for, okay, I shoot a mountain lion and all I do is post a backstrap. Who fucking knows even what I'm eating, right? I mean, where does that engagement come from? So I was able to convert in a good way my trophy photos from the mountain lion, at least 30 people I know of, because initially, why would you shoot that cat? Right, right. Well, no, this that's is why good. I would shoot that cat. Right. So it goes both ways. I just... I don't want to turn the world into a bunch of vaginas either. And so I think there has to be a happy medium of, of explanation. So the goat, how many people should you have shot the mountain goat? It's a furry white fucking goat. It's nice. It's Why would you shoot that goat? Didn't hurt anybody. Well, if there gets to be too many goats, they it's solve actually, it themselves. Yeah, well, and they're competing with the sheep population. You can yep. get into so much with it here in Colorado. Well, bottom line, there's four people in this room right now. We get eight people in this room. It's going to get pretty hot. It's going to get irritating, whatever. You get 16 in here, there's going to be some fighting eventually where there's usually sickness with, you know, when you get too, too many of one population. Well, would you rather let nature take its course and then to get some sickness and all of them die or just keep a, a even, nice even? even. Yeah. 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 I and going back to your predator hunt, it sounds like that they might be too high already if they're eating each other like that. I mean, that's it that doesn't seem natural. Hell. I've never heard of a of a of cats eating cats. Roger on the radio. Roger's like, fucking lion ate my bobcat because they're trying to find me a bobcat, and we're we're all looking for different tracks, and he's running the bobcat, and all of a sudden it's a knotted up ball of fucking mountain lion on it, and he's like, fucking mountain lion ate my bobcat, man, and he's like, what? And he's like, don't come over here, the bobcat they ate it, and a mountain lion, and then the other, you're driving down the road. And you see the lynx tracks, and uh, then you see another set of lynx tracks coming in at an angle, and that lynx moving. And then 20 yards in the wood line, there's fur everywhere. And then you see a three-legged lynx leaving. So one of those lynx ain't the other lynx fucking leg off. And so— Is it like mating season over there right now or something? Well, cats breed all the time. And so then you have, when we were up there, 13 to 15 different lions that we were on. I mean, we treat some. I took pictures. We let go. In one area. This is one small area. And so, plus, they'd already killed three or four, okay? And then I killed that one I killed. And when I killed that one I killed, we had seven tracks that day. Not include the three-pack of wolves that we crossed. And and then I shot a wolf. How often do you just drive around on the road shoot a wolf, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's a predator problem. So I was just amazed at how much death threats I got on that. And I'm thinking, and the guys were, somebody posted, why would you shoot a lynx? And I said, well, you know, other than I wanted to shoot a lynx, um, they do eat the shit out of everything. And there's a predator problem. And some guy 
a liberal hunter from Oregon. I bl- I blocked him actually because I didn't want to deal with him. He's like, you did it for the adrenaline rush. You did it because of this. There's no scientific proof that if you leave the bobcats and lynx that they'll eat all the birds and whatever else. And I'm like, well, dude, house cats eat fucking everything. So you can imagine a, an actual an actual predator. Yeah. Well, and it's a given. There's a rush. You're a hunter. We're at a primal level, we're hunters. It's, I mean, yes, yeah. there is a rush, but let's not sway it one way or the other and make it sound, you know, you could say you shot your goat for a rush. We shot the mule deer for a rush. Well, we're eating it too, right? So right. obviously we like hunting, so that's that's a given, but there's also the, the portion, not to get hashtag conservation like everybody else does and doesn't even know what the fuck it means, but there's also the population control, right? I mean, so... We are doing that as a byproduct. You're keeping right. the numbers where they need to be at. So I, I always say this that I did not get into as a as a nine eight nine year old boy dreaming of hunting mule deer in New Mexico with my grandpa. I did not think, oh man, I'm doing this for conservation. I didn't even think about the freezers. Well, even that's because you were raised my, as a hunter. Well, <laughs> no, I wasn't. My dad wasn't a hunter. Well, no, but, I mean, when you were raised, right. you weren't raised by a conservationist. You were right. you were raised by a hunter. But the reason I got into it, because the, 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 the big taglines is what? Conservation, saving our public lands. Yeah. Right? You know, th- these, these I don't want to call them fads, but it's kind of it's these movements that are happening right now. But to, if I'm being quite honest and transparent, I got into hunting for the thrill of the chase. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. And, and with that, the byproduct is conservation. Man, we eat 90, probably 95% in my family. Wild game is our protein. Um, and we give a ton away. Uh, so, and then on top of that, we have the ability to, to, to have these great adventures. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's, I don't know. I, I, I wish that we could just go out, embrace what, you know, uh, we started the Inspired Wild podcast. Yeah. Why did we start it? I started it because I just want to. I just want to embrace my wild. My wild to me is that adventure, that chase, and it might be in the Rocky Mountains. It might be sitting in a tree stand in Kansas. Yeah. Okay. But I'm all in when I'm in that, and and I want to encourage others to do that. So I think. Bart said it best on that podcast I did with him. Of course, he said it rough because right, sure. he, he just had grizzly hunting taken from him. Right. He's there every day with this. Okay, so he's been running cats up there for years, right? So pretty much tree, three, four links a day, right? So, and we did it. So he's done that forever, right? So who is to tell him that there's not enough links? Or, okay, so his deal is you don't have a right to vote if you've never been in the woods. Please shut the fuck up. Right. That's his thing because you have no actual boots on the ground. Now, that's not to say that someone might come in with knowledge maybe and enlighten him that does have boots on the ground. But when I get someone that knows nothing about from someone from South America sending me death threats that has never, right, ever right. been in the mountains sure. a day in their lives, never seen a mountain lion eat a, an, a, you know, whatever, a mule deer, never seen what that bears eat their young, shit like that, and is voting that I shouldn't go bear hunting. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I've seen it twice where, uh, you know, a black bear, a big boar eats the kids. That'll wake you the fuck up. I mean, you ever see that one video where the bear's stepping on the bear's head, yanking on its ass, pulling it in half? Well, he did that so he gets to hump more. Right. And, and you want to kill me and my family because I killed that bear? Well, that's odd. That seems strange to me. But that bear can step on a fucking cub's head and rip its ass off and it's a okay. 
it, it does not make a whole lot of sense to me. We are the thinking group of the predators, so we get to actually make conscious decisions with science behind it. But what do I know? Yeah. Yeah. Frank, what are you laughing at? <laughs> nothing. Speak up. Come on. We got nothing. Come on, nothing. <laughs> what do you think of grip and grins? I think we should we should uh, we should be proud of of hunting, and as long as we paint it in a good light, we shouldn't have to appease everyone else for for wanting to uh, wanting to show our experiences. And I, and like you were saying, growing up, you did it for the adventure, and it's part of if you grew up as a hunter, it's part of your heritage. Yeah. First of all, so. Um, yeah, you know, growing up as a kid, your dad and your grandpa tells you about these stories and you want to experience that as well. And then you get the added benefit of the meat in the freezer and then conservation comes along with it. We don't ever talk about conservation because it is kind of a, <clears throat> a fad thing, but yeah, there's a lot of benefits that come from it. Well, you look at Kaylee, my daughter's almost 18, please God help me. And, uh, she's was raised around me. So she understands the whole, you know, the cycle or whatever, the, the, the circle of life. And, uh, but you're going to break out into song now? Probably. <laughs> I can't sing for shit. It sounds like a cow getting hit with hail. It's bad. Um, but uh, we sang on the way back from the SHOT Show last year pretty much for about seven hours we were driving. It was horrible. Um, but Kaylee, you take another 17-year-old kid that was raised in pickup area. They know nothing about it. So if their parents weren't hunters and their parents are anti, then they're going to be anti as a byproduct. But they're an- they have no science or no... like. I'm not a farmer. Why the fuck would I get to vote on farming? I've never farmed a day in my life. So why would I ever get to, but I can because the United States, I get that right to vote. I'm not saying take away everybody's right to vote if they don't know what they're doing, but I think. I am. Real, yeah, I, I wouldn't hurt. <laughs> um, you, there should be some real, you shouldn't get to vote on emotion. You should actually vote on science. You should actually vote on, on, on actually what is happening. So, you know, for example, should I get to ho- boat on goose hunting and duck hunting? I don't duck hunt. I think I've duck hunted once in my life. So I really should not be fucking voting on that unless I have duck hunters, goose hunters, and scientists telling me what's going on. Otherwise, I'm just going to vote right. on what I think. Right. And what I think isn't the truth because I have fucking no idea. Right. So you get that a lot. I, I, I do think that in a situation like that, it's scary to think that our hunting uh, heritage, as you put it, um, Frank, is is that it's determined by 97% of the population, 90, 95% of the, I don't know what the number is exactly, but they're going to determine whether we can hunt or not because they're the majority. So we as hunters have to do a better job of getting our story out. Conservation is one of those. The other thing about grip and grins is what uh, what's the basis for taking those pictures? It's one thing if I'm taking this picture and I and I put on six different hats and I'm going to send those and I'm trying to get something because of that picture versus something of taking a picture because it's part of the adventure and it's part of the the memory. Um, but whatever we do, it is it is important. Regardless of what we think, we have to get the story out there in a way that's real, honest, and 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 impactful. And what you did in the 20 people that you influenced through. Uh, a series of pictures from a great adventure, you know, you change your mind. Well, we got to do that more because the fact of the matter is they're going to vote. Yeah. And when things come up, if we can do that, I think the best thing is one-on-one. I don't think you can do it through mass marketing, and I'm not going to go change Boulder 
about the way Boulder believes in X, Y, Z, but I might be able to change one person's mind from Boulder. Yeah. But that's in relationships. Well, you you get a guy like Nielsen who posted on that last night. Nielsen's, a, I mean, he hunts all over the world, right? And he's like, you know, constantly, you're not hunting for food. That's stupid. You're hunting. What? And I'm like, well, I mean, I don't. I don't know, Neil. I do eat all the meat, right? I eat a lot of it. Now, could I go buy a cow? Well, yeah, something still fucking died. I mean, right. I don't get that either, especially the death threats I get from people that are actually eating meat. That really doesn't right. it's, make it's sense hypocrisy. to me. Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of different yeah. twists and turns down the rabbit hole. Uh, and I have a 13-year-old daughter. Yeah. So and we've talked about this, Aaron. Um, my, jo- my goal is to educate her to where she can explain to her friends because she killed her first deer. Yeah. And she's going to get questions. Why would you shoot that beautiful Bambi, right? And for her to be able to explain that, I think I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, and that's my job. So, and then, then I also really enjoy taking her friends. And again, there's an extension. But all of that comes in one-on-one personal experience, and I think that's where it starts. Yeah, no, no. And Kayla's saying, all Kaylee's friends follow me. And they, they, she hasn't gotten any flack from it. They just think it's cool. You know, right, they don't know why right, it's cool. Right, they just right, think it's yeah. cool. But, yeah, I don't, I just, some stuff I agree with that, that some of the, you know, people, you know, the different things they talk about or whatever, and then other things I don't, I don't get, um, I don't, I mean, and it's how you were raised. I was raised in a hunting family, and I was raised hunting, and so when you, the, the catchphrase conservation or whatever, that was just a byproduct. You didn't, you know, you know, especially back in the day, I didn't know about conservation. We just went hunting and we ate the deer, right? That's just what you did. And then later on, you learn why you're doing it. You right. know, there's a reason. And then, you know, obviously you can sway your reasons left or right from there, meaning, you know, you may get more involved in conservation. But when you start looking at like dollar amounts, you know, the millions or billions of dollars that, that hunting brings in, um, compared to how much anti-hunters bring in, right. you know, I don't know if their outlook is just let everything be how it is and see what happens, but that's, you know, science has proven that's not going right. to work, right? right? Yeah, so, exactly. I don't exactly. Know. Yeah. But, do you have anything, Lane? I try not to talk a lot, so no. <laughs> <sighs> I talk too much. You got the same problem, so we can always, yeah. we can, we can easily bring this to four hours, but I actually had to do some work yeah. today, and yeah. I got Fletch arrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. I thought stuff. you were going to do that during this. Ah, it's loud. And it, I will say, like, it, with this, like with this podcast, obviously, since we're you know we're friends with you guys and involved, I wanted to pay attention. There are some podcasts that <laughs> I fletch arrows. I have to say, there's there's certain podcasts you get guys on, and you just know they're going to carry the conversation. I tell you, I, we had one with Chris Rowe the other day. I say we, Frank wasn't there. That was marathon, coyote hunting, almost four hours. Weekend. And I don't really? think there's a boring part in it. I think people listen to the whole thing. You know how Chris is. He, have you ever met Chris? I don't think I have. Chris, Chris is a good friend of mine, and Chris is one of those ones. You're exactly right. He starts talking, and it's it, he's got a lot of information, but he's got great information. Well, Amy, she only could sit through some of it because she had to go sit in the booth, and, and she was laughing because he gets so animated, and he's like... Oh, I've had to deal with it. I was on the board dealing with traditional archers. Oh, we're all going to die. If you shoot, and he's going on and spits flying out of his mouth and shit. And she's laughing. I'm like, hey, I told you. He's animated. He gets into it. And then we're arguing about stuff. And he's like, all right, I'm going to be the devil's advocate. Okay, give me a second. Oh, I got my thought. Okay. And then he gives this spiel. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't make any. And then whatever. And then that shit lasted for almost four hours. But it's a good podcast. I mean, it won't be good for Nate who has to edit it. But it was three hours and 48 minutes. And it's solid. It's like one of those action movies. You sit down and you get up and you're like, wow, it's over already. There is like constant shit talking and, and good 
content, Qual- good quality, topic, quality. Yeah. yeah. So either way, yeah. but I appreciate you guys coming on. Well, we 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 uh, yeah, we're we were talking about just the other day, and in, in in our journey with Kafaru, especially, and with you, is that you know when I started in my basically outdoor career, I don't know if I want to call it that, whatever. Um, you know, I always had uh, relationships with packs. And so when we left the last one and it was really a, a free and we, we had the opportunity to go and choose what we wanted. And now we've had two years under our belts. Um, and so you guys are local. It's awesome to just be able to pop into the shop. Yeah. And, ta- oh, yeah. and, and and hey, how's your season going? And and then, you know, talk a little bit about, hey, what about this pack? What about that pack? So it's nice to have you guys here. But then on the flip side, we have two years of actual infield experience, you know, getting packs bloody and, and, and you know, stuff like that. So it's 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 pretty cool. It's a it's it's a great relationship. We value it. Um, and and uh, so, yeah. No, no, we do, too. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, it obviously the one one big pet peeve of mine. I will say is when locals don't run Kafaro. I mean, money aside, we we are expensive. But the, I was at a local archery range the other day, an outdoor range, and there was a group of people. And the one group, um, I never go to this range. You know, they circled around to talk, right? It just shoot shit. And then there was three guys that like went the other direction. I'm like, oh, obviously, I've pissed them off at one time or another. And whether it be me and my personality or there's EXO stickers on their truck and, 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 you know, EXO's Idaho, good packs, you know, whatever, but you're in, you're in the homeland. Right. And I'm like, okay, are you running that because I'm an asshole or are you running that for another reason? And I really wanted to go over and be like, Hey brother, why, why are you running an EXO in Kafaru country? Like what's going on? And, and it always intrigues me because I try to support obviously everybody, you know, here. And, and so, I mean, and it's just good. I mean, and you get that a lot of, in Bozeman, like, you know, you've got the, well, you got the Bozeman starter kit. You got a Patagonia hat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, you got Sitka there, Stone Glacier's there, Mystery Ranch is there. Now the Meat Eater groupie thing is there. You Can know, you got all boots. that. Yeah, yep. I, and so, I can keep going. Does it bother me that someone from Bozeman runs a a, a Stone Glacier or a Mystery Ranch? I think they should. Yeah, if they run a Kafaro, I really like you. But they are, you got to support your home team. So, no, I, we really appreciate the, uh, uh, you know, the support from you guys as well. And, and no, it's good. I like it. Yeah, and I'm happy you guys are running our stuff. Yeah. This is my first year running a pack, and I've – You've actually yeah. ran a pack before. Well, first year running a, uh, Kafaru. a Kafaru pack, right. and it's it, – yeah. It was a. It's a couple years old, and I still that thing is so comfy. I love that thing. That was a load That's on the awesome. goat hunt. That was one of my most uh, top ten photos. What do you was think that? that big what pe- do you think that that goat weighed? My, you, not very much. I mean, well, goats don't uh, weigh very much. John Felak packed out all the meat for us, so a lot of that load was food. And oh, that's right, because you guys were packed in for. <laughs> I don't know, I think we had six days of food. Six days. Yeah. We probably ate four days of food. We, oh, Once we knew. It. One, How yeah. many times did you guys have snacks when you were up there? We had a ton of snacks. And you were only until up there we two killed, days? like none. There was no snack time <laughs> until we killed. And then it was just snack a palooza, which was my kind of hunting. And then we I went to Whole Foods after. I don't and think yes. people realize. <laughs> I probably, I don't know, do I eat more than you? Probably. I don't know. You weigh more than me. I tell you what, we did <laughs> that yesterday. I went, I know, right? Well, I was, dude, I've gained seven pounds in muscle and lost one and a half percent body fat, which is amazing going to Alabama because everything is deep fried. But I, so I burned 2,300 calories sleeping a day if I slept 24 hours, which I guess is high because uh, Jessica was like, she's coming in next Thursday. She was like, your metabolic rate is 
high for a 42 year old guy. And I'm like, look, I eat, I mean, even honey camps like Bart, when we were on the goat hunt, he's like, you guys have, I mean, he stopped us. and was like, you have got to stop fucking eating or we will not make it to the end of the hunt. I did not bring enough food. You didn't say you ate this much. And I was like, whoa, he's like, you're (laughs) eating five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches a day. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty normal, you know, whatever. And then I'm thinking, how much do we eat? So I don't, I would assume, I mean, we're pumping 3,000 calories well, a day. Well, Lander, Lander at Bear Camp, he's got a monster pack of raisin bread <laughs> that's gone in about two days. <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do I, put some food down. I know I eat more of the most. I filmed that hunt with Brian Barney and he has like these little packs of food and stuff. <laughs> and I had literally twice as much food as him. And I was so happy he killed early. Because I was running out of food, <laughs> and I told him, "Hey, I was, I, I was already eyeballing his food." And I was like, "Hey, that's not enough for us to last back here for the eight days you want." Yeah. He's like, "Oh did no, I, no, I got I got rationed out here." It's like I had my food rationed out too, and that went out the window. Three did hours, I ever tell you about three that, hours in that time I filmed Cameron when I used to work for Eastman's when I filmed Cameron Haynes? You talked about it, and I lost you? thirteen pounds, and <laughs> I'm a hundred and thirty-five pounds soaking wet. Yeah, I lost thirteen pounds on that hunt because we went in for uh, a hunt with four days worth of food. Yeah. We killed that bull on the ninth morning. Yeah, I couldn't do that. That would have happened eaten me. We'd have, we'd have, we'd have hacked, yeah. We would have packed out. I, and I was already planning on this. It's like, look, if this goes to day six, I'm going to have to hike down to the truck and get more food so that we could come back. It was like, I'll carry your food too, but I just need to go get me well, more food because it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't working out. I had, I, had, I had suggested, and Cam's like, no, we're, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. And, of course, I'm the newbie, right? This yeah. is my first time I'd ever filmed him anywhere. And um, uh, it just uh, a sidebar is I had uh, – there's another pack company that was sponsoring Eastman's at the time. And so my pack, I, I didn't get it. Like, it came – Cameron well, st- it doesn't hurt us. It's Badlands, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Affect so us. yeah. it shows up. Cameron brings it. He comes down from the office Was the and I drive too it. big and you fit two of you in there? Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> there, I couldn't get the waist belt tight enough. We even tried to cut it, you know, and retrofit it. Yeah. So I'm literally trying to keep up with Cameron with, uh, you know, 50, 55 pound pack, whatever it was. And I got, that was back in the day when the, you, you know, you, there was no solar charges, so I had ten of those big batteries. <laughs> so my pack was, you know, those are heavy anyway. And and so Cam's like, well, let's just get four days worth of food. And I'm like, okay. Uh, uh, he goes, yeah, we'll just pack back out. Well, I've got all of that on my shoulders. Yeah. And um, at the time, Cam didn't believe in trails, um, so he liked to just go straight up the mountain. And he was, you know, he's pretty physically fit. So that was hard for me once we got over and, and my, you know, the old clicker in your mind switches and you forget about pain and you're just there to kill. We did fine. But I tell you what, I wanted to, you know, phone mama. I yeah. wanted to phone my mama and cry because <laughs> it's so hard when your pack doesn't fit right. I watched yeah. a guy go through that this year, but I had no sympathy because he did it to himself. Our packer up on uh, Santino Sheep Hunt um, is an 18-year-old kid from, like, Michigan, never seen a mountain in his life. Well... When he was buying all his stuff, he bought a smaller pack. He's like, well, then they can't throw so much stuff in my pack. Well, Joe was like, that pack's too small. Here, use mine. You guys had sent him a custom-made uh, bigger kafaru. Oh, yeah, we so did make an extra large belt. That poor guy's like, <laughs> he had, like who was that for? For Santino's guide. Joe Latart, the, ma- the, the main guide. guide. Oh, is he big dude? He's a bigger dude. Yeah. And this kid was like 150 pounds so he soaking had wet. No, so he had no, and I, oh, that's, I was like, man, don't you wish you'd bought a bigger pack? Yeah. I just, that, <laughs> so I had no sympathy on that one. I just, we ate, 
every bit of food we we had to have the food pile you know and figure out mm-hmm. what he and i had left and i thought you would have more than me and you didn't for you the mule deer hunt bitch. yeah for the mule deer hunt yeah we and packed then, in for like 14 days and what did we leave on the 10th day and hardly had anything left no we left the 12th day oh, okay 12th. Well, well either 10th way day of season we thought about 15 days we'd make mm-hmm. it no fucking way and i was burning doing those well you saw where i was dropping in for those deer i was burning fucking calories right. and i can go I don't have to come back. Frank's the same way. I don't have to come back. It doesn't bother me to stay for as long as it, as long as I have food. Well, I'm like sitting there and I'm just hungry and I'm like looking at this food and I'm like I'm not rational. I'm gonna eat what I need to eat or I'm gonna I'm gonna bonk. Well, fuck, I'm sitting there eating and the next thing you know I've eaten three of those giant cookies and I'm like, huh, that's three days of cookies. Shit, I gotta slow down here. Like, <laughs> so I started to like displace the good food for later. And the next thing, Frank kills his and he comes, you know, meats or whatever. And I'm like, how much food you got left? And he's like, I've got some. And then what? Three days later, we're laying the food out and. uh it was looking pretty dismal. We ate your backstrap of your Yeah, that helps. Ear. Yeah, that did yeah. help. I, yeah. I remember when we were on the, that morning of the ninth morning, um, we laid out our food. And remember those wafers that came in MREs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yep. And I think they'd come with some peanut butter or jelly yep. or something, right? We had two packages of those and two granola bars left. Yeah. See, and, I'll eat that by 10 o'clock in right, the morning. Exactly. <laughs> but but l- like we had been rationing the whole time. And after... Uh, uh, after Cam killed that bull, we got it broken down and hung up in the tree. And I just, this is 2002, 2003. I remember the video. It was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. And I remember getting to the top of a peak. I had just enough battery on my cell phone, called the home office. Well, Tim Treffron, which was the outfitter in the area, he was going to, if we got something down, he was going to come pack us out. But we weren't sure if we could get a, a hold of him. Yeah. And we were like, we don't have any food. We got to get out of here. So we were just going to start, you know, and, and go. And, and, uh, I remember by the time we had that bull broken down, we hear this, and we look up on this point, and there's a pack string of freaking horses. I don't know that I've ever been happier. <laughs> Did he May- have food? He had. He brought us uh, uh, a liter of soda pop. Yeah. And one of those uh, quick stop uh, submarine sandwiches. Yeah. And I remember, t- oh, that was the first thing. We're just, I just, I couldn't even eat two inches of that sandwich. Yeah. Your because I think my shrunk. stomach had shrunk yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. But I just remember thinking, oh, this is the best sandwich I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Liter of cola. <laughs> Why are you yeah. telling it's soda? It's, <laughs> like, it's cola. <laughs> did uh, I say, did I say soda? You said soda pops. You covered both right. Canadian and American. Okay. You're good. Uh, uh, Depending upon where you're at in the U.S. Yeah. No, oh, Lord. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in and, uh, Check out Lane Walters and Trevin Stoltzfusen. Say actually say it correctly. Stol- Trevin Stoltzfus. And uh, Stoltzfus. 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 Why do you say it's German. It means proudfoot. Stoltzfus is actually how you say it. I told you he's a hobbit. That was Remember that? He's like proud feet. Remember when they're in the deal? He's like, hey, and th- proud foot. I think I, I think it's my one of the tribes. I, I have a lot of Amish relatives. Yeah, which they won't be listening to this podcast, so we can say anything we want on them. But um, I, I I think they were soccer players. Yeah, proud foot doesn't that make sense? Or maybe they were cobblers. I don't know. No, you're a fucking hobbit, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and that's it.